Every company, big or small, needs good leaders. But hiring good leaders is often a challenge. A bad leadership hire can make the difference between securing your next round of funding or not, entering a new market successfully or not, or even creating your next set of happy customers. So what are some of the challenges in hiring leaders and what are some of the red flags that you need to keep in mind while doing so? Let's close the loop on this one. Joining me on this episode of Close the Loop is Shashi Kant. Shashi, as he's uh, known popularly, is wears two hats at Chai Point, where he's the CHRO as well as the CEO of the retail business. And in his past career, he has been the CHRO of major companies like Aditya Birla Retail and other organizations. Shashi, welcome to Close the Loop. Thank you, Srini. So Shashi, you know a thing or two about hiring leaders and you know having grown into a leadership position yourself. So I'll start by asking you, what's the cost of a bad leadership hire? What's the impact? What do you expect from a leader? I mean, there are many things that you expect from a leader, but primarily two things. First, somebody who's able to give directions. Second, somebody who's able to get the best out of people and ensure that the best people grow in the organization. Right? These are the two things. The cost of having a bad leader is an issue with any of these two areas. Somebody who is not taking you in the right direction or somebody who is not able to retain people who are good in the organization. But one would think that uh, intuitively or commonsensically, hiring leaders should be simpler than hiring middle managers or individual contributors because leaders come with more experience, they have a track record, which is proven. Why, why is it a challenge? Why do people get it wrong when hiring leaders? The cost of making a mistake in the junior levels is far lesser than cost of making a mistake at the senior most level because the whole organization has to bear the brunt of it. And mistakes happen across all levels. What are the mistakes in hiring? One is not hiring a good guy. So when you say good guy, what do you mean? Uh, let's say somebody is good, but for, for whatever reason, your process doesn't recognize that the guy is good. Like so someone who, it's like that type 1 type, someone is really good, one. but you don't recognize. Them. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a type 1 error. Right. Type 2 error is where you hire a bad guy. Right. So the cost of a type 2 error is far higher than a type 1 error. Correct. Right. Correct. And the reason why it happens is you're not paying too much attention to how the person is on the ground mm. when the rubber hits the road and when the person starts performing or has to start delivering, you don't know how he manages the whole stuff emotionally. So and, and no resume can tell you that. No resume can tell you that. Okay, so, so your hiring has to be a composition of two, three rounds of conversations so that you're able to assess the temperament of the guy, emotional maturity of the person, and more importantly, to perform in different scenarios, difficult situations, right? So that's that's one area. In addition to that, what do people in his previous circle have to tell about him? And more importantly, his team members or his peers or his managers. You touched upon two very important things. One, you, you spoke about that the domain skill or the functional skill which might be relatively easier to gauge. Like you can ask them a few questions and you'll know whether they've done it or not. But you also spoke about something called emotional maturity. Now, that's, that's pretty hard to 
gauge, right? In a, in a few conversations. How do you overcome that? The question that you need to figure out is how has a person dealt with in difficult situations? See, easy situations like these, for example, I'll always be at my best. But put me in a traffic a jam and yeah. Uh, yeah. I need to catch a flight and you will see the worst coming out of me. So the best way is to see uh, or check with somebody who has seen him in different scenarios. Mm -hmm. And are there ways in an interview in which you can bring that out or in a conversation where you can actually take the person to a, a point in time where they were facing a challenge? At junior levels, it's easy for you to assess that because when you create a scenario for them and pose questions, they will give you how they are. Right. But at senior levels, it becomes slightly more difficult because they are fairly experienced. And they can manage the answer. Through, they've yeah. gone through all these things multiple number of times. Right. They've done it themselves. Yeah. So it's comparatively more difficult to do that in a fairly senior level. In terms of uh, the experience that I think in, in most leadership hires, the first thing that people tend to look for is, okay, how many years of experience do you have? But I find that uh, today there are so many young companies uh, where the founders are young, uh, even the, the first generation of leaders are young. And you see a lot more younger people playing roles that are probably in, in the past were reserved for people who are in mm. their 40s and 50s. Absolutely. So do you think that leadership hiring this whole experience or number of years is kind of uh, going away from the equation? No, leaders can come from any age or experience, frankly. It is an important factor to be kept in mind, but it is not the only factor to be kept in mind. So it's a function of uh, the environment that somebody has to play a role in. It's a function of uh, the maturity of the organization. It's a function of how old is the organization. Mm -hmm. It's a function of how young or uh, how many people are there in the organization. So it's a function of all of that. There will be a bit of a learning curve for the young guys because they've not gone through it, right. right? So the only watch or the checkpoint for them is uh, their emotional maturity in handling different situations because they're going through this uh, for the first time or maybe for a small number of times. Right. That's the only check. And you know, uh, you've obviously interviewed a lot of people for leadership positions. What are some of the traits when you observe in an interview process that would put your back up to say, okay, this person is not giving me the right signal. Can you list out a few? The first and the foremost is authenticity. You can figure out in conversations if somebody is not authentic. And when you put two and two together, you know that it doesn't match somewhere. That puts me in a uh -huh. bit of a yellow flag area. Mm -hmm. Second, uh, somebody who is very genuine and authentic and a lot of good experience, but is not necessarily great with people, mm. right? Uh, can rub people in the wrong way for the wrong reasons. Right. For the right reasons, it's still fine, but for the wrong reasons, it's not okay. So that puts me a bit of a uh, puts me in a bit of a question mark space. But given that nowadays a uh, lot of companies, like especially for leadership hires, you minimum go through on an average six to seven rounds uh, of interviews, where the person who is hiring you is usually the CEO, plus the peer group that you work with. All of them get to meet you. So even, even when all of these things happen, why do we still have these type 1, type 2 errors? Even in an organization with uh, like-minded people, differences of opinions that come up, right? Mm. 
And when you have six people interviewing one person, you'll always have a reason to say no to the guy. The possibility of a type one error being rejecting a good, a good guy yeah. is higher in a scenario like this or a process like this, right? right. right? Like a community um, decision. I mean, six interviews, according to me, is frankly too much. Too many. Yeah. Six formal interviews yeah. is too much. Mm. It's absolutely fine to have informal discussions. Mm -hmm. That's not an interview to mm -hmm. assess the guy, which actually works out better right. than an interview. Right, right. But six different people interviewing, if you ask me, is a bit too much. Okay. Type 2 errors, uh, the reason for a type, the only reason according to me for a type 2 error in a scenario like this is that people just want to hire and close it. Yeah, yeah. they just right. want to get it done. Yeah, they are frustrated with the time that it is taking to yeah. hire a guy. Yeah. And they just want to be done with it. So that's the only reason for it. Otherwise, right. this process along with a good psychometric and a good uh, reference check, mm -hmm. which is discrete, works wonders actually. You can figure right. out uh, probably the right guy uh, who takes most of your boxes Got it. and not 100% of the boxes. So you're also someone, uh, Shashi, who's uh, grown through the ranks. Like even at Chai Point, you were CHRO. Now you're heading the, the business itself, the retail business. So we talk about leadership hiring, but why do we need to hire leaders when you can pretty much groom them from within your organization? Like uh, I see this a lot in startups where you have the first generation of employees who've taken the company from zero to one. Why can't you just give them a good, solid executive coach, uh, functional coaches? Uh, and get them to move to the next level instead of getting someone in from the outside. And this can this can be valid even for larger organizations. I think a lot of people are thinking about it. Uh, the reason that I'm smiling is that uh, it's my favorite question. <laughs> okay, glad I asked. And uh, if given a chance, I would not hire from outside. The question to ask is, of course, it's not an easy uh, binary sort of a solution. It's a function of many things like how old is the organization? Uh, do you have the, the skill set within the organization? Uh, do you have leaders who can scale up to that level? It's a function of many things. But my strong view of any organization that is 10 years or more in existence is 80% of leaders picking up roles at senior levels should be from within. And 20% should be for people who come with skills that are not there in the organization, right. ideally. Those skills that are missing, so those leaders, even when they come in, uh, should they start grooming their next levels? Should that tenure be more like, okay, you're here for a point problem rather than someone who's there for a longer term? See, it's a bit of a DNA thing mm -hmm. and it starts right at the top, mm -hmm. right? The question to ask is, is the CEO grooming for his succession? Right. right. If that happens well in a fairly thought through manner, it's quite possible that it happens across different levels. Right. And the starting point is the CEO and the CHRO. So Shashi, I mean, Loop works in the space of health, healthcare, uh, corporate healthcare. And we see that uh, mental health uh, awareness has been at its highest than ever before. And I think there was a Forbes uh, article which said that uh, managers and leaders are some of the biggest causes of employee mental health issues than any other factors. So when it comes to hiring leaders, like we've read research in the past where, let's say, C-suite tends to exhibit certain tendencies like sociopathic tendencies or narcissistic 
tendencies or uh, you know masochistic tendencies uh, how important is the mental health check for a leader no absolutely important so elo flag for me is somebody not being able to manage himself or herself in a difficult situation the second elo flag is when somebody is not able to manage their team members or peers so these are the two elo flags that can invariably or in some cases lead to um, bigger issues when it comes to mental well being inside the organization yeah. in all probability uh mental well being is influenced from top to bottom the top yeah it comes from the top it's not about pressure that's okay i mean you can be hard at times you can be putting pressure at times obviously the scenario demands a certain level of pressure and uh, push that's absolutely fine but the question is how are you doing it and how are your people taking it uh, is there enough care which comes in addition to the pressure that you're putting on people mm. so it's a combination of these factors which influence somebody's uh, mental state of affairs correct, correct so in conclusion as always on our episodes we allow our guests to have the last word or they allow them to close the loop on this so going back to the first question if you were to summarize some of the red flags that um, people who recruit leaders need to keep in mind what would they be i think the first and the foremost be extremely clear about what you're hiring for mm. second be clear about the scenario in which you're hiring and what you expect from the guy who's coming in be thorough about the process uh, in interviewing the guy understanding where he comes from what works and what doesn't work for the person and finally uh, question really is how will the person be able to take the organization from an x level to a y level uh, if that answers it then good great and i hope some of these red flags if avoided can also reduce those type 1 and type 2 errors absolutely thank you shashi for being on close thank you shrini for being a great host thank you thank you